The Spirit of the Lord God is on me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of our God's vengeance, to comfort all who mourn. Lord Jesus, thank you so much again for this opportunity. I'm humbled to be standing where I'm standing. I don't deserve it, but God, you placed a call on my life that I've tried to run from, I've tried to avoid. God, you keep chasing after me. And for that, I'm forever grateful because I've found that in you there is complete freedom. And no matter how far I try to run, or how long I try to run, you're still there. God, I don't want to do anything outside of your will, but I want to constantly be pursuing the center of your will. So during these next moments together, God, I pray that you would walk among us, that you would speak to hearts, that you would change lives only you can do that and father for that that soul that heart that is in bondage in whatever way father i pray that you bring them freedom today lord we love you we praise you we thank you in christ's name amen so as i said in 1995 mel gibson in my opinion produced it's pretty cool that he produced and was the main character and one of the most epic war movies of all time. Am I not on? It helps to be on, right? There we go. That way if I move around, you can still hear me, right? So he was a Scottish patriot who led a, a allegiance of men against the English after he lost the love of his life. And as you saw in the scene, it was a little bit longer uh, but there, there's about a 60-second clip towards the very end. So he's on his horse. And he asked them if, they, if they're willing to fight. And you heard the one man go, no, we'll go home. And William Wallace's response is, fine, go home. When you lay your heads down, what good is that? When you had a chance, you had an opportunity to fight for freedom. Listen, I want you to understand something. That I, as a Christian, those of you that have professed Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have freedom already. Your battle has already been fought and won through Jesus. But I know too many people that are walking without freedom. They're walking in sin. They're living in sin. They're willing to stand with the guy, I don't know his name, the character in the movie, and go, no, I'll just turn and go the other way. I'll live my life the way I want to live it. Well, give you a little bit of background on the text that we're drawing from this morning, Isaiah chapter 61. You've got you to flip all the way back to Isaiah chapter 6 
to find Isaiah's call. When God commissioned him to be the prophet for the nation of Israel during this time. He was the prophet under four different kings, or during the reign of four different kings. And when you flip back to the the, the chapter 6 in Isaiah, you see Isaiah have a conversation with the Lord. But I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm unworthy. And he's touched on the lips by coal. He's cleansed. He's commissioned. He's called by God. The the, the conversation continues in Isaiah chapter 6. The Lord says, who will I send? Who will go? And Isaiah says, Send me. I'll go. And then he asks the Lord this question, for how long? How how many of us have asked the Lord that question? How long? Lord, Lord, how, how long do I have to stay in this trial? Lord, how long do I have to deal with this? What I want you to understand and what you'll see as you go back and read in Isaiah chapter 6, the Lord gives him an answer. But it probably wasn't the answer that Isaiah wanted. Because the answer that Isaiah got was, hey, I want you to prophesy until this land is in ruins. You see, the context of this, what I want you to understand is what Isaiah was doing. He wouldn't see the fruits of his labor in his lifetime. He wouldn't see it. But that didn't prevent Isaiah. That didn't hold Isaiah back from proclaiming what God was calling him to do. You see, even in the midst of all that, guess what Isaiah had? He had freedom. He had favor from God Almighty. So the first thing that I want us to look at this morning is you'll notice some Bibles... They, they have a cross-reference section. And you'll see that Isaiah chapter 61 was actually read by Jesus himself in Luke chapter 4 when he went to his hometown in Nazareth. On the Sabbath, in the synagogue, was handed the scroll to read, unrolled it. This is what Jesus read. This is prophecy of Christ himself coming. So, what that means is here's some Old Testament prophecy with some New Testament application. All right? So I want to make sure that we cover that. But here's the first thing that I want you to see in this text. Never do anything without the Spirit of God leading the way. Let's sink in for a second. Never do anything without the Spirit of God leading the way. You see what Isaiah is saying here in Isaiah chapter 61, the Spirit of the Lord God is on me. We just sang about that, didn't we? It's it's a beautiful way in how how God works. Mark may have called Jeannie. I, I have no idea if they talked. He's shaking his head no. Mark had no idea 
what I was going to be preaching on. I had no idea what they were going to be singing. But what did we just sing about? That the Spirit of God would fall on us. And Isaiah is saying here, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Listen, as a Christian, I don't want to go through this life doing anything outside of God's Spirit leading me. Because I've tried too many times to do it my own way in my own time. And guess what? I've fallen flat on my face. I've run from God. I've tried to do things my own way. One of the most pivotal times of my life I'll never forget, I was running from God. And I remember having lunch with my mom. The youth know this story because it was during my teenage years. I'd already felt God was calling me into the ministry and thought that's, that's what God's called me to do. But there was a season in my life where I, I just, I was running from God. A freshman in college, I met my mom in Clemson for lunch one day. And y'all, I had registered at Tri-County Tech in their criminal justice department. Because I thought I wanted to be a police officer. I don't know where that came from. But you know, mamas, y'all, y'all have a way with your kids, you know that? Especially mamas and boys. Like, my, my mama knew, you know? She knew. I can carry you back to the... Well, I can't carry you back now. It's not there. There's apartments there now. But it was a Mexican restaurant in Clemson. I, can carry, I could carry you back right where we were sitting. We were sitting there, and the first thing my mom asked is, Mac, are you sure this is what you're supposed to be doing? And I said what every 19-year-old boy would say, because I thought I had it all figured out. I was going to go through tech and eventually end up with DNR. Yeah, Mama, I got this figured out. Yes, I'm good. Y'all, it was the most miserable six months of my life. No joke. Because I knew deep down what doing what God called me to do. You see, Isaiah was fitted He was qualified for this opportunity to be God's prophet. To proclaim the year of the Lord to the nation of Israel. You know, I I found it interesting as I was reading through this and then Luke chapter 4 that, you know, Jesus was fitted. He was qualified. Right? Right? He was the only one and is the only one that could forgive us of our sins and be the perfect sacrifice. No one else. Number two, his anointing is most often forgotten. His anointing is most often forgotten. He says later on in verse 1, Because the Lord has anointed me. Remember in Isaiah chapter 6, right? It's where it all began. 
for Isaiah. But so many people take that, that idea or this word anointing and they think, well, that, that's only for, for certain people. That, that's only for certain situations or certain things. Couldn't be farther from the truth. You see, as a Christian, you're anointed by God. You're anointed. I'm anointed by God for a specific purpose. The anointing that the Lord has laid on my life, it's His anointing. And it might be different for me than it is for you, but the anointing is still the same. See, in this time in the Old Testament, anointing was for prophets and uh, it was for, for healing the sick and uh, for kings and, and those sort of things. When Jesus came in Matthew chapter 4, chapter 3, he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. Remember his baptism? What descended from heaven? Dove. It was anointing. Don't forget it. See, when it comes to, to living and walking in freedom with Christ, so often we forget about his anointing. Don't forget it. Number three, with his spirit and anointing, our purpose is revealed can't understand and know God's purpose for your life without his Holy Spirit and his anointing. You can't do it. You've got to have the Holy Spirit and his anointing. With that, his purpose is revealed. What is his purpose for my life and your life? Y'all, that's, that's a whole other sermon that I'm going to let Kenny take care of, okay? I might be back with you in three months. We'll see. We might tackle it. In... in in detail. But can I just tell you really, really quickly? God's desire for you and I, our purpose is to glorify Him. So that, that, that's it. I, I tell my family hears it all the time, the youth hear it a lot as well. Don't make things more than they need to be. We overthink things too often. God's desire for us is to glorify Him wherever we're at. That's it. You can glorify Him and, and be in His will, understanding and knowing your purpose wherever you're at. No matter your profession, no matter your age, no matter your status, He has a purpose for you and for me. I've always believed this when it comes to understanding uh, how God speaks to us and understanding our purpose for life. I believe that He speaks to us through His Word, through His Spirit, and through people. And if you're in that stage of life right now where you really just don't understand your purpose, well, let me encourage you. Spend some time in His Word. Spend some time 
with them in prayer and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And then surround yourself with people that will speak life into you. That can encourage you and pray for you as you seek his purpose for your life. Listen, I've been there too. Eight or nine years ago, thought, man, I am, I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do. Was a youth pastor, was coaching baseball. Man, didn't have a want, care, need in the world. And then this, uh, this, this little idea called Fellowship of Christian Athletes came knocking. And I'm thinking, all right, God, I, I thought I was good. Like, I thought me and you, we had worked this out. Like, we're good. No, no, we're, we're not good. Okay? What's that going to look like? I don't know how many of you really understand or know uh, what I do through uh, FCA, uh, but I serve as the area director for the Tri-County area. Uh, and, and my job, really and truly, in layman's terms, is to help establish Bible studies on middle school, high school, and collegiate campuses in the Tri-County area. That's my job. So, for those of you that believe that God has been taken out of the schools, come hang out with me for a little while. I'll show you that's simply not the case. Now, it might be that teachers can't pray or read the Word, but guess what? Students can. They can do whatever they want. As long as it doesn't disrupt Miss Underwood's class, all right, or Miss Hannah's class, and they're teaching, they can do whatever they want. They can read their Bible. They can pray. And teachers, among teachers, guess what? They can read their Bible. They can pray if they want. And so I have the opportunity to go all over the Tri-County area. Encouraging coaches and athletes to live out their faith in the hallways on the courts, on the fields. I didn't understand all of that nine years ago. And I'm not saying this to to brag, be boastful in any way, shape, or form, but I just want you to understand that what, what I'm reading, God is teaching me. Understand? Like, I'm seeing this in my life day in and day out. That God's favor is on me and is on you and it's up to us to live in that freedom because I'm telling you when we do God is honored and lives are changed throughout FCA we just finished our fiscal year August 31st we gave out over 600 Bibles last school year we had 75 kids Student-athletes accept Christ in the Tri-County area. And we gave out over $16,000 in camp scholarships. Y'all, that is unreal in this area. Some of you know this. Melanie knows this, I know. Y'all, when I came in, this ministry was $3,000 in the red 
you business people, you know that's not good, right? And we just gave away $16,000 in camp scholarships. Because of God's presence, because of God's anointing over this ministry and understanding our purpose, the same is true for you, the same is true for this church. Begging for the Holy Spirit to lead the way. Begging for His anointing and seeking His purpose is where it's at. Then the fourth thing, we're going to land the plane and get out of here. Will you be bold enough to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor? I want you to look at verse 2. Because Isaiah says, "He, He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners. But then in verse 2, he says, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I don't know what the heading above chapter 61 says in your Bible. For mine, it says the Messiah's Jubilee. That's the direct tie to Jesus. But if you go and you, you, you search or Google the definition of Jubilee, that, that was a, a, a statement day or a statement event that 25, 30, 50 years down the road, people could look back and go, I, I remember that day. I remember that moment. And it was a moment of celebration. It was a moment of joy. It was a moment of freedom. That's what Isaiah is proclaiming here. Proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor and the day of our God's vengeance to comfort all who mourn. And you can read 3 through 11. in your own spare time. I'm I'm just going to hit some highlights really, really quickly. But to comfort all who mourn, to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, festive oil instead of mourning, and splendid clothes instead of despair. I love verse 4. And they will be called righteous trees planted by the Lord. To what? to glorify Him. That's our purpose. To glorify Him. So my question to you is, will today be a day of jubilee? Will today be a day where you place a rock in remembrance or you put a stake in the ground and go, today is the day where I'm proclaiming God's favor over this year. Whether you're on the highest of highs in life or you're in the lowest of lows, will today be that day where you plant that stake in the ground and go, today is the day I'm proclaiming. This is the year of the Lord. The application is simply this. How will you live in this freedom? What's holding you back? You know, a lot of the men in Scotland, what was holding them back was fear of losing their life. Well, guess what? If you're a born-again believer, you know what you've already lost? (laughs) Your life. Because it's no longer yours. Christ died for you. He lives in you now. 
What's holding you back? You have complete freedom in Christ to glorify Him. What's holding you back? Is it fear? Is it doubt? Is it worry? Can I tell you this? It's not worth it. Letting fear and doubt and worry win, it's not worth it. I don't want to lay my head down at night allowing fear and worry and doubt to win. I want to lay my head down at night knowing that I've lived my life today, tomorrow, the next day, whenever, living in complete freedom with Christ. Don't you? Don't you? I hope that you do. I hope there's something, not not something that I said, but I hope there's something that that the Lord impressed on your heart uh, during our time together this morning. Maybe it encourages you, or maybe it's something that you can take and you, you can encourage someone else. But I can't say it enough. I don't think I've ever been one to, not a physical fight, but when I've seen a struggle, you know, a fight, a battle in my way that I've run the other way. Because Christ has already gone before me and won that battle. What do I have to lose? What do I have to worry about or doubt about or be fearful of? The battle's already been won. And he's calling on you and I now to live in that complete freedom. And he's won. And all we have to do is trust in him and simply just say, Lord, I'm proclaiming your favor over this year. I'm proclaiming your favor over my life. And with that, we're able to share the gospel. We're able to be living, breathing examples of Jesus himself to a world that is lost and dark and hopeless. Somebody has got to step up and be the William Wallace. Somebody has got to be brave enough to go, I want to be that. I want to be that man. I want to be that woman. I want to walk in that freedom. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this time and this opportunity. Thank you for your word and how it draws us into your presence. It challenges us, it convicts us, It leads us into a deeper, closer walk with you. Father, I pray that in a way that only you can, that you would just flood hearts right now. That the power of your spirit would move. That Lord, whatever is standing in the way, 
of anyone here of walking in freedom. I pray that you would move it. Give them that freedom, God. Love you. I praise you. I pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.